welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Chief White House Correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein. And we are coming to you just minutes after big news in the House of Representatives. The, the vote on health care repeal and replace of Obamacare has been postponed. Big, big news. And Rick, uh, before you get a chance to speak, I want to I go through what has happened just over the past hour or so here in Washington. Uh, first, go back a little bit before that to today's White House briefing with Sean Spicer, who said emphatically this. It's going to pass. So that's it. And then he said this. There's plan A and plan A. We're going to get this done. That was Sean Spicer at the briefing uh, just about uh, less than two hours ago. And then we heard from the president himself at a meeting uh, with uh, with truckers. He addressed uh, the health care vote in the House. And here is what he said. Today, the House is voting to repeal and replace the disaster known as Obamacare. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a very close vote. That was at 3.20 p.m. Eastern time. The president uh, saying that the House is going to vote today and it's going to be a very close vote. Eleven minutes later, by my calculation, Rick, at 3.31, uh, the Republican whip in the House, Steve Scalise, put out a notice uh, to members of the House that the, that the vote had been delayed. There will be no vote today. Uh, rather astounding. We saw total confidence coming from the White House that there would be a vote, uh, supreme confidence from uh, the White House press secretary that they would prevail, a little less than supreme confidence from the president saying it was going to be a closed, a closed vote, uh, uh, but a belief that this vote was going to happen and then suddenly uh, the plug has been pulled. It doesn't mean it is over. Uh, it does not mean that this this debate is over. It does not mean that they have a loss yet. It means that, that, that it is, a at the very least, a delay. In just a few minutes, we're going to be speaking to one of the top uh, Republican vote counters in the House to find out what the real prospects are. Uh, but, Rick, uh, this is this is really just as we predicted. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's an interesting use of the, that uh, that particular pronoun. We. Hmm. OK, I'll let you get away with it, John, because this is an extraordinary moment. A- a- look. I, I, I won't say told you so because it's it's not necessary in this and, and, and also, as you say, it, it's not done. But this is something. I'm up on the hill today. And, and John, you've spent a lot of days up here uh, that, are, that are pretty wacky. This is about as nutty a day as I can recall. You have all the different popping headlines. You've got the filibuster threat from the Democrats on the Supreme Court. You have the fallout of that extraordinary trip by the intelligence chairman. Up to uh, up to the White House, and then this, and and members have been scrambling. Uh, they've been trying to figure out exactly what's going on. They've been shuttling between the White House and the Speaker's office, and between the the, the where the House Freedom Caucus members are meeting. A- and this is the thing: they don't have the votes, and they've never had the votes. There's been no point in this process, John. I think you'd agree where they've had their magic number, where they've had 216, the, the number they need to pass. They've been cobbling together throughout, and they've had a faith in this unusual team of Ryan plus Trump. But now they're confronting a reality where you have a freedom a freedom caucus that doesn't like Paul Ryan and as of now doesn't seem to fear Donald Trump. That's a bad combination. But I, I do need to tell you that just in the last few minutes, my sense coming out of the White House is that they are still confident that they will ultimately prevail on this. And frankly, they have to be confident they will ultimately prevail on this. They cannot lose this vote for Donald Trump to lose on his first big legislative uh, effort here, something that was central to the Republican campaign, for him to lose 
would set the tone for the rest of his agenda, but it would also do severe damage to his brand. He is the man who can close the deal. He is the author of the art of the deal. He is the guy that can get it done. For him to fail when all he had to do was to keep members of his own party on board. Remember, this is an entirely partisan effort. It's just about keeping Republicans on board, just about keeping Republicans who come from districts where Donald Trump, even now, remains extremely popular. And if he cannot do that, it is a it is a severe a severe blow to the White House before they even get to the 100-day mark. So let's see where this goes. What has happened, the dynamic has been very interesting. The president has been very involved in this. He has gone right at the largest, the, the, the loudest critics of this bill, the conservatives, the House Freedom Caucus. He has given in to them. He gave a huge concession to them when they came down to meet at the White House today. He said he would do away with the so-called essential health benefits requirement in Obamacare. In other words, the, the, the things that under Obamacare, every health care plan must provide. This was something that Paul Ryan had been telling the conservatives cannot be put in this bill, would have to be dealt with afterwards because it would run afoul of Senate rules if they tried to do it on this bill. They gave in to the House Freedom Caucus. That may well have gotten them enough votes, enough conservative votes to get it passed, except in the process of catering to the right, they lost the moderates. And yes, Rick, there still are moderate Republicans left in the House. And someone's going to have to trust somebody in this, in this equation because the, the, the Freedom Caucus has never been good about delivering votes for the Speaker of the House. And if you're going to give in to them on their ultimate demands, then you're going to have to get unity from them. And I'll tell you, I had a conversation with one, I wouldn't call him a moderate Republican, but a mainstream Republican who was just exasperated. When are these guys going to say yes, he said. He's frustrated because this minority of House members has been given such power uh, such leeway, multiple meetings with the president, opportunities to influence this legislation in unprecedented ways, and still they're not coming on board. And that's why you, at this hour you don't have actual text for these changes. You don't have a congressional budget office score. And despite every guarantee that there would definitely be a vote on Thursday, you have that deadline delayed. And I'll tell you, John, your sense on this. Couldn't, can they afford to go through the weekend on this? I mean, what would it look like at town halls across the country if members of Congress go home on Friday without a bill having passed? That, to me, feels like a real deadline. I don't think delay helps at all. Uh, now, you do have an issue of Republicans, after they took power, after winning those, the, the midterm elections in 2010, they went after the way Nancy Pelosi ran the House for the idea of ramming bills through, for the idea of not giving uh, the House enough time to review a bill before voting on it. They set the three-day rule where you know, a bill is supposed to be out and posted for three days before it's voted on so everybody can read and know what they're voting on. Well, you know... It's going to be interesting to see how they finesse that. Now, right now, uh, I've got a, a statement from the deputy, principal deputy press secretary at the White House, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, saying debate will commence tonight as planned. <laughs> there was a vote planned plan tonight. Okay. Uh, and the vote will be in the morning to avoid a 3 a.m. vote. We feel this should be done in the light of day, not in the wee hours of the night. And we are confident the bill will pass in the morning. That's the latest from the White House. They are confident the bill will pass in the morning. Now, another meeting at the White House uh, uh, as we speak here within the hour. 
the so-called House Tuesday group, this is the, uh, the, the, the group of moderate Republicans, are now going to the White House. They get to be catered to a, a little bit after they've seen the way the president uh, gave in so readily uh, to, the, to the House conservatives. And, and this is about nose counting, too. I mean, they, they don't have – because they don't have an actual piece of legislation right now, a new amendment – to, to take care of all this. They don't have a score from the CBO. They need to go person by person and figure out how many they have. Uh, look, John, I, I think we can agree. If they thought they had the votes, they'd have it tonight. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 11 p.m., whatever. This is their best their best shot. They're going to work on it. It's not dead yet. And I think it's, it's telling the White House, as you say, they need to stay optimistic about this. But these statements are coming out, you know, just... Just minutes, less than an hour after you heard the president himself say he was confident it was going to happen. This is not ideal. And I agree. You're in a situation where failure is not an option. And you can't even contemplate what plan B would be if you're the White House, as they say, it's plan A or plan A, because the consequences would be that devastating. And they're going to have to work it hard. And it's going to be a true test of the president, a true test of Paul Ryan, unlike anything we've seen before. Okay, so uh, who passes the test? Who passes the test? Uh, you know, I, I think every hour that goes by without a vote make, it get, makes it just as hard. And I, I think this, the meeting with moderates will be critical here. I've always been skeptical about the ability of this to, to pass the House of Representatives because they've never been there. Uh, the, the cost of passing this ultimately could also be to procedurally make it impossible for it to move any further. This, the, as you say, this is exactly what they said they couldn't do when it came to taking out all of the, the so-called Title I pieces of Obamacare. That's actual legislation. That's not budget stuff. So they're, they're risking everything on the ruling of a Senate parliamentarian. And, by the way, a Senate that, uh, that is very skeptical of this. And even if you have the ruling, it's not clear that they have a majority there between the moderates and the conservatives that don't want this thing to happen. So you're asking House members to walk the plank. You're so I'm asking, asking them- you, actually, uh, Rick, is this bill uh, in whatever form it's going to be in – does the Republican repeal and replace bill pass the House of Representatives? Forty percent chance. Can I say that, John? Is that allowed to say, to say that? No, I, 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 I will say again that I think it's very unlikely to pass. And the well, very unlikely sounds like a lot less than forty percent. Numbers. You're just you're you're all over the place here. I called it from the beginning. You just can't stomach it. It's all right, John. It's okay. We'll we'll forgive you for this 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 one transgression. I, I think I think if it, I'll say this. I think they can pass it, but. They'll pass it in a way that makes it impossible to go anywhere. So it's it's a meaningless. So you're predicting it, House passage. Okay, so Rick pre- Klein is predicting House passage. Of a meaningless the- version of it. Uh, um, um, it, it, it. It doesn't matter because it won't. It can't go anywhere. This is the same. They'll have to use. They'll have to use a mechanism that okay. makes it let's, impossible. Let, 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 to let's work. end the guessing game. We we are joined now by one of the uh, one of the, the the smartest Republicans in the House and somebody who's got uh, a finger on the pulse of that Republican conference. Uh, Republican Tom Cole of Oklahoma. Thank you for joining us, Congressman. Hey, thanks for having me. So this is an extraordinary uh, uh, event. We, we have just uh, been reviewing the fact that the White House just told us, you know, within the last half hour that uh, the vote was going to happen today. We heard from Sean Spicer, absolute confidence that it was going to pass. Uh, now the vote uh, is not happening today. What, what are the, what's the state of affairs? Well, we clearly haven't gotten to consensus yet. Uh, we've got the great majority of our conference, but not the magic number, which would be 216. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, probably the smart thing to do. We're going to have a conference tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll go onto the floor and pass what's called the same-day rule, 
it will last through uh, Monday, which means we can bring legislation up at any point without any waiting periods. Uh, and that's a message uh, that the leadership's determined to stay here and get it done, that nobody's going home until we get this thing resolved one way or the other, and then the talks will continue. And ultimately, does this pass the House, and does the does it pass the House uh, tomorrow, think this it, weekend? I think it does. Uh, I would hope tomorrow, and but I'm glad we're not trying to do it late at night. I think that both the optics of that and, frankly, uh, people tend to dig themselves in. The, the later the day gets, the more tired they become, the more stubborn they become, from my, my experience. So uh, I think... Uh, that's probably a smart talk uh, or smart to uh, move on. Uh, let's uh, wait and uh, keep talking. Because I do think that the differences have narrowed over the course of the last several weeks. But we have reached that point where you've got to be very careful as you put people on one end of the wagon that they're not falling off the other. Uh, and I think that's uh, right now where we're at. So to be clear on the procedure here, it, it, the, the same day rule, would that allow you to stretch through the weekend on this or even Monday? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's uh, we actually passed it out of rules committee last night. We've not passed it across the floor yet today, which is what we'll do at 8 o'clock, so I suspect. Could, you, you, it could stretch to, to even Monday. Uh, yeah, and no, it means that any time between now and Monday the 26th, uh, that, uh, you know, in the order of the speaker, we could bring up any piece of legislation. So uh, you wouldn't have to go back to committee. You wouldn't have right. to do anything. It's just boom, out it comes. Are, are you afraid what the weekend might hold for members who go home for a couple of days, what you're going to hear? Uh, they won't be going home. Oh, so you stay, in, you stay in throughout. Rule. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I, think, uh, I think it would be a huge mistake to let members out before you resolve this. So what what is at stake here? What what would this mean if if this does not pass? If this goes down, well, it'd be field? very serious setback. Uh, uh, you know, in, at one level for the administration, for the House leadership, but I think it's actually a bigger setback for the House Republican majority itself. Uh, you know, I think we demonstrated since 2011 we're an awfully good opposition party. Uh, we really can't stop anything. Ask President Obama and. Uh, uh, you know, any deal was extracted at great cost. Even when our own side wasn't happy with it, it wasn't like anything was given away at the store, so to speak. Uh, but now we have a very different dynamic, and 70% of our members have never served uh, with a Republican president. And there's a big difference between being an opposition party and being immovable uh, and, and being a governing party, where you really do have to bring 218 to the floor, particularly if there are not going to be any Democratic votes. And there's not going to be any Democratic votes for uh, the initial round of repeal and replace for Obamacare. So, uh, you know, we've been given the White House, uh, both houses of Congress. Uh, we've got probably the best guy we could have over at Health and Human Services. And to not be able to get to a yes and start the process out, uh, you know, is uh, is disappointing, to say the least. And, you know, members need to recognize this isn't the last vote. I mean, uh, unless you literally kill the baby in the cradle, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, this would go to the United States Senate. It would change there. There would be a negotiation between the House and the Senate. But you have to start the process. You have to have a vehicle. This is the vehicle. It's been changed in ways that ought to make it more compatible uh, to uh, uh, our folks on the right. Uh, it's uh, Again, you've added a work requirement. Uh, to, to people on the left, you, you're going to sweeten the uh, tax credits for people 50 to uh, uh, 64. You're giving uh, the possibility for block grants to the states, uh, which is a traditional Republican uh, 
uh, you know, approach. So there's a lot of changes that have been made uh, to try and move votes, and they've been successful to a degree, but obviously not in clinching the deal yet. Congressman, I, I, I overheard uh, Congressman uh, Bradley Byrne, your colleague Bradley Byrne from Alabama, uh, talking to some reporters, and, and he was getting frustrated by how how much has been given to, to your friends on the right. You mentioned the right on this, and that the Freedom Caucus has had a couple of White House meetings, and they've gone over and over, and they've gotten more and more, but still they don't seem to be able to get to yes. What's what's your view on this? Do you, well, these are folks I, that have I never, think, never uh, governed before, as you know. Uh, that's exactly right. And, of course, Bradley has. He was in the state Senate in Alabama uh, and knows something about the craft of legislating and sits on the Rules Committee, which uh, for a person in their second term is quite an achievement. Uh, and it shows the recognition of him as a guy that knows how this game is played, so to speak. Um, I think, uh, no, it is frustrating uh, because, uh you know, in some ways, people are oblivious. There are some. This is not a tough vote if you're in the Freedom Caucus. With all due respect, as a matter of fact, I would actually argue voting against this is is riskier than voting for it. Uh, it is a tough vote for some of our people that represent uh, swing districts, um, uh, and uh, so you're putting your own uh, members that are where the battleground seats are going to be fought in more and more peril. You're asking them to do more and more things that they think are not in their interest. And, uh, you know, again, I understand being principled and, and fighting it out, and, and there's a lot to be said for that. But at some point, you need to recognize this is a legislative process of give and take. There's a lot of victories here. Uh, I actually talked to uh, one of our more conservative members, and I said, well, tell me, do you think this makes things better than uh, they are uh, right now under Obamacare? said, oh, absolutely, but it's just not good enough. Well, that's not the way legislation works. Real legislation is incremental and cumulative. Uh, and if you, anytime you can pass a bill that makes things better as opposed to worse, you should do it. Now, again, if you actually thought this made things worse, uh, then that's a legitimate uh, no position. But uh, I don't well, think we- it's not good enough is really a place to... to uh, uh, you know, uh, stake yourself to the ground and sing your death song. Well, we we interviewed Tom Cotton here on the podcast a little while back, and he actually told us he thought that it that this might well make it worse. Uh, but let me ask you, if if this goes down, um, well, but you know, to Tom's point, then they need to write a bill in the United States Senate. It's not our job to write a bill for them. It's our job to write a bill that can pass, which we haven't been able to do yet, obviously, but. To be fair, we have a lot of senators, I'm not saying Tom is among them, they just don't want to vote on anything. So you either take our product and amend it and change it, or write your own. Either one's fine with me, and then we'll go to conference. But saying, if we have to pass, if we can only pass bills in the House that will pass the Senate, why do we need a United States Senate? Uh, you know, they really do need to do their job. So so let me ask you, if if this goes down, who does the president blame? How does he react? Well, I don't, I don't know that he blames anybody, and I. I'm going to well take a guess that he to, will. To, well, I, well, to be fair, this is not his fault. I mean, in that in that sense, if he'll agree with you on the that, way we're looking at it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not. It's it's clearly not. Look, he's been totally engaged. He's been helpful. He's moved the bill in the right direction. He's met with the entire conference. I mean, I actually think uh, he can be pretty pleased with his performance. And I don't have any criticism of our leadership. They've been all in. They've worked with everybody. This is a fundamental problem within the conference itself. And so, you you know, I would I blame the conference collectively, honestly, 
you know, and and within the the people, if you can't get the yes on this, you're not trying. Uh, I mean, you really are, and you can't be part of a group of 25 and think you can dictate to another 210. You know, that's just uh, at some point you need to recognize the victories that you've won. So. Uh, that's too early to point fingers. We'll wait uh, until the appropriate time. That would be as if we don't get it done. But clearly, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the administration has done everything you could reasonably ask it to do. The president has been incredibly accommodating and willing to work with people. Uh, the leadership has shown, again, by making the changes that have been made last three days. So they're not the problem. I mean, you know, it's it's a classic Shakespeare. You know, the problem's ourself. Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to, that's something we need to do. We need to make this fundamental transition from being an opposition party to a governing party. And uh, uh, we have to have enough of us that can make that transition that we can actually govern. And what is the strategist then you say? You, you, where do you go from here? Like best case scenario, you get it done. You, uncertain prospects in the Senate. You've had a lot of members who have taken a very, very tough vote. Are you, are you strengthened you're significantly you're- by this? I think you're better. Yes, you would if you actually succeeded. I mean, just showing you could get something done. I mean, we have, you know, look, a substantial majority in the House. Uh, You know, you have to be able to pass things on your own before the other side's willing to sit down and deal with you. Uh, So, uh, you know, that's we we've got to prove we can pass something important. And again, uh, if it fails in the Senate, so what? It's not the vote here that will be remembered. It'll be the failure. Uh, and frankly, it's easier for senators to be "quote unquote" brave. They're not up every two years. Uh, you know, there's a difference between being brave and stupid. Uh, and I think not passing this is politically stupid. And uh, it, uh, again, I, I respect somebody's got a different point of view and his principles. But uh, at the end of the day, the politics of this are blindingly clear. You keep the process going and the product moving. You work with the members of your own team. Uh, you don't try and blackmail them and browbeat them into submission. You don't put other people in tough spots, uh, particularly when you're in a very safe conservative district. Nobody that voted for this would be defeated because they voted for it. Now, some people that vote against it might be defeated, and some people that vote uh, for it, you know, on if, on, on the left. But if you're in in the Freedom Caucus into the political spectrum, you're not running a risk. We we got. Uh, you know, quite a few Freedom Caucus people, to be fair, are voting for it uh, and have worked themselves. To, I mean, when you have guys like Steve King and uh, Jim Bridenstine and Gary Palmer, those people are of impeccable conservative credentials. They found a way to get to yes, uh, and hopefully these other folks will as well. So I know uh, we, we're going to let you go, but I got one other question on a, on a separate issue be, before you uh, take off, uh, and that is. The extraordinary, at least to me, what seemed like an extraordinary moment yesterday when the uh, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunez, uh, came out and uh, said what he said about uh, 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 surveillance, uh, incidental surveillance of of, of uh, they, they may have caught up some Trump associates, and then ran down to the White House to brief the president uh, before he had even spoken to members of his own committee. Uh, I, I'm just wondering. You're, you're you're a guy that's been around a long time. I, I've I know how serious you take uh, the role of Congress as a as its own branch of government. Uh, the, the role Congress plays in oversight of the executive branch. Um, did, did it strike you like it struck many others odd that to to see a committee chairman running down to the White House to brief the president, uh, especially when it's a the chairman of a committee that's actually investigating 
a, a big issue, which includes investigation of the of the president's team? Well, to be fair, and, and in full disclosure, Devin is one of my best friends in Congress. We were elected together. He's somebody I think very highly of as a person. Uh, I think I very would, highly of Rick, but I will definitely call him out if he makes a mistake <laughs> without never, any problem. Never, never. I mean, and I've even done that from time uh, to time. And I'm sure I, you would. But, <laughs> you know, what, I mean, look, I think uh, Devin himself has uh, today expressed some regret over this. Uh, it's a murky situation. Look, I, I understand the frustration at the White House and on the Trump transition team uh, because – what has been revealed should never have been revealed, evidently. So there there was surveillance. I don't think they were wiretapped. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they got caught up in something, and I think uh, people have used it maliciously to put the president in a bad light uh, and to suggest things that at this point we have no evidence for. I don't think there is any collusion. And we know we have a full-blown FBI investigation on. It's been going on since uh, July, and that's perfectly appropriate. Uh, but uh, so I, I don't think anybody's covered themselves in glory in this uh, in this particular incident. But yeah, it clearly would be better uh, just to debrief your committee first. There's an appropriate way and time for the administration to be known. This probably wasn't it, but I I don't think it compromises their ability to to get something done. And uh, and it's it's good honestly to have multiple investigations underway. We do have a Senate Intelligence investigation underway. We do have a House. We do have an FBI investigation, so I'm pretty uh, – I, I rest uh, assured that the truth is going to come out in this thing. And But so far, I just – I don't see any reason to believe anybody in the Trump campaign, let alone the president himself, did anything wrong. There's just been no proof of that. All right. Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Friend of the program, quoting Shakespeare, we love it. Thank you, Congressman. So, Rick, uh, there you go. Do you want to change your assessment at all? Uh, Tom Cole seems to be uh, pretty confident. Something well, I, will pass. Well, but, uh, but, but, but a little bit of news here. I mean, it may not be until Monday, which means they're not close. I mean, look, what, but the I White just House... read you a statement from the White House saying uh, the vote was going to be tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. You, but, um... I, I guess I missed that. The Congressman Cole missed it, too. I mean, look, this, this, <laughs> this, they're not there yet. They're not there yet. Now, there's a path. There's been a path. But uh, as I've said, it's a path that's littered with, with places you don't want to go. Because if you go there, ultimately, you could doom the whole thing. They need to find where the votes are on this. They don't have the Freedom Caucus. They don't have the moderates yet. Uh, and the fact is that this deadline that we've talked about for weeks now, uh, the, the deadline that was set there in stone by the president himself just just an hour ago or so, is gone and blown past. And deadlines, you've, you've covered Congress, you've covered legislatures, John, they, they work well with deadlines. Once you move past one, it gets harder to, to enforce. And I think it's telling that, that uh, as Congressman Cole says, it'd be a mistake to let everyone home for the weekend. They're going to keep them cooped up because they know that they have to keep this pressure on. They don't want to expose members to the blowback they're going to get at home. Um, this, is, this is where uh, legislative, uh, legislative bones are made. You know, it was interesting to hear him answering the question of who Trump would blame if this goes down. Uh, Not it's, Trump. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's clear who, uh, who Tom Cole effectively is going to blame. It's yeah. the members of the, of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, they came down to the White House today. The president basically uh, gave them the store, uh, gave in on their single biggest thing, which they're going to they're they're gut all those required, uh, you know, essential uh, uh, health benefits. Um, and uh, they still couldn't give the president a yes. Yeah, and, 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 and in the meantime, you lost moderates uh, in the process. But you gave in. You gave everything. 
uh, to the Freedom Caucus, and they still wouldn't say yes. That's the same dynamic that Tom Cole and, and, and company have been dealing with from the beginning you of the Freedom feel, Caucus. You could right? hear the frustration. How many times most. these guys who are a minority uh, inside the party are able to control the, the, the kingdom and they get all of the hand-holding and all of the attention and they still hold them hostage at this moment where they know that they, the failure is not an option. All right. And, I, and just one other thing. I mean, we, we, we opened the show with the, the statements out of the White House about the vote being today and the no plan B and the confidence. And the other thing that was said at the White House today uh, was that the, uh, the, the number of yes votes are growing uh, by the hour. That was demonstrably not true. Uh, they may ultimately get to yes. I think they ultimately will get this thing across the line. Uh, but then you have a you know a statement put out uh, just moments ago saying that the vote's going to be tomorrow morning, and then we hear from Tom Cole uh, the vote uh, he hopes will be sometime tomorrow, but could well be on Monday. There certainly isn't any vote scheduled for tomorrow morning. You know, credibility is is uh, is, is one issue in all of this. I think it's hurting hurting the White House, and and by credibility I mean a, a lack of credibility. Yeah, and, and, and you question how much they're actually dialed into the vote counting efforts if, if, they're, if this is their assessment right now. They're going to meet tonight. They'll, they'll have a sense, and it's very possible that they're right, and the vote happens tomorrow, and everyone goes home and has a, has a nice weekend and gets to enjoy college basketball. Uh, it's, also possible, inc- yes, yes. it's also possible that none of that happens and that they're stuck all, or all weekend for a losing vote on Monday. Yep. All right. Well, we have a very persuasive president in the White House. This is his first test. He is working it really hard. Uh, so I still, even with this news now, I would not, I would not count Donald Trump out on this health care vote, Rick. Fair enough. You're on the record once again, John. I appreciate All you right. taking your lumps in today's show. <laughs> All right. That is it for this week's Powerhouse Politics. We will be back maybe even with an emergency uh, episode at the beginning of next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.